This is a way to accelerate the technologies the world desperately needs to get on a net zero pathway. Welcome to Radio Davos, the podcast from the World Economic Forum that looks at the biggest challenges and how we might solve them. On this episode, at COP26, US climate envoy John Kerry and the World Economic Forum launch the First Movers Coalition, a grouping of major companies trying to kickstart technologies to turn heavy polluting industries green by ensuring there's a market for zero emissions products. Volvo says 10% of our vehicles are going to be made with green steel. And so all of a sudden, people making green steel know, hey, there's somebody out there waiting to buy this. And we create this energy where the market says, this is where things are going. And if you thought that something like steel can't be made without emitting greenhouse gases, think again. We are actually producing the world's first fossil-free steel. And here it is. As well as steel, cement, aluminium, chemicals, shipping, aviation and trucking. These companies say they can go green if the will and the demand is there. Customer demand will change so much faster than the industrial process is. And I think that to be early might be challenging, but to be too late will be devastating. Subscribe to Radio Davos wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review and join us on the World Economic Forum Podcast Club on Facebook. I'm Robin Pomeroy at the World Economic Forum and with this look at the First Movers Coalition launch at COP26 in Glasgow. This is one of the most exciting things and important things that's happening at this COP. This is a big transformation. It's a big deal. This is Radio Davos. Imagine you run a massive company making goods that require vast inputs of energy, something like steel or cement. You want to develop technologies that can be carbon neutral, but what if no one will pay a premium for greener versions of what you make? In future, regulations on emissions and taxes on carbon are likely to force the issue, but the world needs this transformation to happen now. So how do we ensure there is a market for green steel, green cement or green shipping? that will encourage those companies to pursue those technologies. At COP26, the World Economic Forum and US climate envoy John Kerry launched what they're calling the First Movers Coalition, bringing those companies and their customers together to kickstart the market in some of those areas. The aspiration is to ensure that this decade, the market for these products and technologies is there, so that these hard-to-abate sectors, steel, cement, aluminium, chemicals, shipping, aviation and trucking, which account for more than a third of global carbon emissions, can be carbon neutral by 2050. You can find out all about it at www.weforum.org slash first-movers-coalition. And on this episode of Radio Davos, you're going to hear the edited audio from the launch event, which was held in a repurposed Victorian-era factory in Glasgow. The special guest was John Kerry, and the host was the World Economic Forum's president, Burger Brenda. They know each other from days gone by when they were both foreign ministers of their respective countries. Kerry was the US Secretary of State, and Burger Brenda held the equivalent post in Norway. And here he is. Thank you so much. Good afternoon and uh, welcome to the formal launch of the First Movers Coalition. I'm Berge Brenda, president of the World Economic Forum and collaborating with the State Department and key companies around the world. This is a very uh, consequential day and this is really walking the talk. Just imagine that the big companies of the world, the big purchasers are sending such a strong signal by this initiative that in the future we'll buy stuff that has less of a carbon footprint and we will also accelerate new technologies by this initiative because it is not possible to reduce the carbon footprint without also introducing a new solution. So 
For us, this is really big and thank you to all the CEOs that are here. So, John, how do you feel about the initiative? It has come together in a very short time. We have more than 30 companies now in the First Movers Coalition. 34, uh, to be precise, <laughs> but who's counting? Borga, <laughs> uh, thank you to you and to the World Economic Forum. I'm not kidding you when I say this is one of the most exciting things and important things that's happening at, at this COP. And it is appropriate uh, and not an accident that we're here in the middle of this uh, industrial revolution built building and to celebrate the green revolution that is really at hand. And it's, it's here because there's a dynamic setting in to this particular COP, and, I, and I've been to them going way back to the creation of 1992. This is different. It really is different. There's more energy, there's more focus, more sense of urgency than I've seen at any of these meetings ever. And there is a critical component, and you represent it. For the first time in a massive way, the private sector is at the table and frankly um, leading in the way that even some governments are not. But you're going to make this happen because there isn't enough money in any government in the world to affect this transition. It can only be achieved if this kind of initiative takes hold and many times more obviously. So you are genuinely first movers, every single one of you. You're pioneers in this transformational moment. And there are uncertainties. 50% of the emissions reduction that we will get between now and 2030 is, according to the economists and scientists, going to come from innovations that are not yet at scale, from technologies that are not yet at scale, that have to be brought to scale in order to get where we're going. And what the first movers coalition is achieving is the creation of markets. I mean, this is a big transformation. It's a big deal. I'm not trying to build something into something it isn't. But everybody I've talked to, when they learn about it, they say, wow, that, that makes sense. That's great. And all of you understood that instinctively and without arm twisting and you know, super efforts, you're here and you've joined up. We're gonna to need to do this all across the economy and from region to region, hemisphere to hemisphere, continent to continent. But it can be done. And what we're doing very simply, as you know, Barbara, better than anybody, is for the, in the first round of announcements, we're focused on shipping and steel, aviation and trucking. And in the next round, when we've done our due diligence over these next months, we bring in more first movers into the other you know, difficult areas, aluminum and chemicals and so forth for the second effort. And, and that is our hope to focus on between now and Davos. But this is such a simple proposition. Volvo says we're going to buy X percent, 10 percent uh, of our vehicles going to be made with green steel. And so all of a sudden people making green steel know, hey, there's somebody out there waiting to buy this. And we create this energy where the market says this is where things are going. Same thing with trucking or steel or shipping. Marisk says we're going to buy, well, first of all, they've ordered eight 
new carbon you know, free ship propelled ships, which allow ship builders to say, you know what, there is a market there and we can begin to sell so forth for steel. You all get it because that's why you're here. So I don't need to belabor it. But the bottom line is exponentially, we get this going and cooking. I can't tell you exactly what the, you know, X factor is, but this is going to go X times faster than it would otherwise. And that's what we need. If we don't get enough reduction somewhere in the 45% range over the next 10 years, we are blowing by 1.5 degrees. And that's a hard target. It's not easy to achieve. Everybody knows that. So we need everything, everything we can conceivably do. If we don't get that done in, in 2020 and 2030, not only do we blow by 1.5 degrees, but it's impossible physically absent some miraculous discovery of direct air capture or something and utilization to be able to achieve even net zero by 2050. And then folks, we are really, I mean, I was, you know, was going to say cooked and literally well, we are, but we're in trouble as you all know. And when you have Fatih Birol at the IEA telling us that to meet the goal, we're going to have to deploy renewables five times faster. And we're going to have to, you know, transition out of coal five times faster and so forth. You get a sense of the scale uh, of this challenge. So bottom line, I want to take, can I say one other thing with respect to that? Yeah. We were foreign ministers together. <laughs> we did lots of things, including Berger took me up to Svalbard. We're at a real eye-opener <clears throat> to the Arctic, and it was a wonderful trip. So we're very good friends. But what I, what I wanted to say is that this transition, we yesterday, as you know, had a major announcement about the trillions of dollars. And, and thanks to Bank of America and Brian Moynihan and Fanukin, who's here, who played a key role in helping to make it happen, we, we got other American banks, to six of them came together, to announce that over the next 10 years, they're going to deploy, in this transition, $4.16 trillion. And we worked with Mark Carney, and we have had the Global Alliance and the, bank, you know, the, the Asset Managers Alliance, the Asset Owners Alliance, et cetera mounting up to this unbelievable over $100 trillion of assets. Deploying that is not easy, and we need your help. I'm just, we absolutely need your help, because we still have to get over the hurdle of first risk, blended finance, bringing the MDBs to the table. We, you know, it's going to be hard, and, and we've got to do that. We're going to handhold countries. We're going to target the 20 biggest economies in the world, which are responsible for 80% of all the emissions. That's where we have to go, because that's where the emissions are. And if we get Mexico and South Africa and Brazil and you know, these other countries, Indonesia, to be able to help make that transition, that's the template for everybody else. And then it really takes off. So it's all linked, and I thank all of you profoundly for being part of this effort. A quick word from me before we hear some of those company executives at the launch event. John Kerry mentioned Mark Carney. He's the former Bank of England governor who's driving efforts to get the global financial markets to move away from environmentally harmful investments, particularly fossil fuels, into clean ones. You can hear my interview with him in a podcast from earlier this year. 
At COP26, Carney unveiled the Glasgow Financial Alliance for Net Zero, which he said has more than 450 firms representing assets of $130 trillion, pledging to reach net zero carbon emissions by mid-century and to provide 2030 interim goals. Kerry also mentioned Davos. That, of course, is the World Economic Forum's annual meeting in the Swiss town of that name, which will happen in January. Back then to the First Movers Coalition launch event where several big companies spoke, Burger Brenda introduced the first of these from Amazon. Cara Hurst, Vice President, Worldwide Sustainability. You know, when Amazon decides to be part of this, I, I think that's, that really shows that there can be created new demands in the future. And they better cater for the demands, huh? <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're absolutely thrilled to be a part of this and thank you for the opportunity really to bring us together. And I think we've all made a lot of commitments at Amazon. We've made a commitment to be net zero carbon by 2040 and establish a climate pledge. And we have over 200 companies that have now committed to that, which is absolutely wonderful. But what we need now is the action-oriented, hard-to-abate sectors to come together. And so we were really thrilled to see the First Movers Coalition go in that direction. We've made a commitment ourselves to our shipping commitment, and this has kind of had a history to it with our work with the Aspen Institute and COZEV. And I think it's also very important in that cargo owner's net zero commitment to see the alignment between these kinds of initiatives to bring them together and drive that really hard work in those sectors. We need to send those demand signals, those market signals. From Amazon to Bank of America, the next speaker was the bank's chief executive, Brian Moynihan, who said one of the things his company was doing was helping create demand for SAF, which stands for Sustainable Aviation Fuel. We have a commitment to net zero. We have a commitment to, in our issues, our clients. You know, in getting our clients convert, we're not that big a user of, of energy, but we've, and we've brought that down. And, and so the question is, if our clients are going to be able to do this, there's going to have to be technologies and scale, and who's going to create that scale? It's the purchase power of the big firms. When we, we say it's a just transition, it is a transition of our clients. That's where our trillion dollars of financing commitments over the next, you know, eight, nine years comes from, not from us. We can't do it unilaterally. So what was exciting about this, I think, was how John went to the thought process of the purchase power of the largest heavy uh, users of, of heavy footprint companies and getting them to start the ball downhill and, and start to do it. And so in our case, you know, one of the things we do is we spend $30 billion on our, our talented people and $100 million on energy costs a year. So what can we do? We can have those, those $30 billion of people who fly all over the place and service all our clients out there travel and be offset with SAF. And so we basically started down the SAF pool. If we can get SAF scaled and get some mandates from the federal, the federal governments around the world, the, the governments, you can create a market. And that market then we can start to fill, but you gotta start somewhere. So our, man, our agreement with Sky Energy and others to start to basically have every mile flown, every ounce of gas, uh, kerosene used in a plane will be sustainable aviation fuels going in someone else's plane. And if all the service firms here agree to do that, that starts a market. Ultimately, all the consumers have to agree to do that with the passenger airlines, but we've got to get the market started. So our commitment says are aligned that way, and then we're here to help everybody else make it. Burger Brenda introduced Sumant Sinha, Chairman and Managing Director of the biggest renewable energy company in India, Renew. We know that meeting the 1.5 degrees target will not be possible 
without a lot more renewables. As Secretary Kerry mentioned also, you have to increase five times. And you're really walking the talk in India these days. And we heard also Prime Minister Modi made a big pledge on this. So I guess our First Movers Coalition fits well into that. No, you're absolutely right, Borg, and you're right that India has actually embarked on a very ambitious plan to convert to renewable energy. And the Prime Minister laid, laid out a vision saying that by 2030, 50% of India's energy cons uh, electricity uh, consumption would come from non-fossil fuel-based sources, which is a very significant and a fairly, fairly near-term commitment. And that will require us to set up almost 500 gigawatts of renewable energy capacity in the next nine years. So that's a fairly, fairly uh, significant, great for us, great for our business, of course, because that means there's, you know, tremendous growth. But the question really obviously is, you know, there are challenges, there are issues around raising capital, there are issues around the distribution sector in India that has to be looked at. So there are a few challenges, but I'm pretty sure that a lot of that is, is going to get addressed. Now, the First Movers Coalition is something that we hadn't actually thought about deeply because we thought that we're a renewable energy company, so we're already doing good as it is. So do we really need to do anything more than that? But then when we looked at it, we realized that this is a sector that is going to keep growing and it's going to consume more and more materials ourselves. For example, steel, among other things, carbon fiber in wind turbines, you know, steel structures for solar. And when you actually add all of that up, it comes to a fairly significant number as well. And when we looked at that, we realized that we also need to actually take a step above and beyond setting up clean energy and also join the First Movers Coalition and make the pledge of actually decreasing the amount, actually increasing the amount of, uh, let's say, green steel that we are going to buy uh, at a certain point in time. So that's really what we are also focused on. And our hope is that we are able to set an example for some of our cust customers as well uh, for clean energy to also join the coalition eventually. Next up, Sweden-based energy company Vattenfall and its chief executive, Anna Borg. Yes, the reason for us to, to join the First Movers Coalition is that I think that will really boost the shift of business models into uh, sustainable green business models. And I, I was just reflecting on how much are the consumers willing to pay of a premium. You're also in a very competitive business where people can change the distributor. Are you already seeing a willingness uh, to pay a little bit extra for a green uh, energy or are you just going to roll these costs down to your supply chain? Well, I actually think that there are several aspects to this. And the first one implies that it would be a greater risk to develop the sustainable business models than to stay in the existing ones. And I think that's a misconception. I think we're heavily underestimating the risk of staying in the existing business models because things are evolving. And, and the new business models will, in many cases, be developed cross industries and cross companies. And I will give you two examples of those kind of corporations that we are in. The first one is the hybrid initiative regarding fossil free steel. And you said earlier, Secretary Kerry, that Volvo has committed to buy a certain percentage of fossil free steel in their products. And they're also a part of, of this corporation. The hybrid initiative to produce fossil free steel was initiated jointly by LKAB, the mining company, SSAB, the steel company in Vattenfall. And we're already up and running. We are actually producing the world's first fossil-free steel. And here it is. This, um, this, uh, 
this piece I actually got to borrow from Martin, who is the CTO of SSAB and is here today. And I had to promise to return it, which I understand, because it could possibly be the world's most precious metal. <laughs> so this is actually happening as we speak. The second example I would like to mention is something we actually launched only yesterday. That's a cooperation between Shell, between the Scandinavian Airlines, Landsatec and Vattenfall where we aim to produce sustainable aviation fuel based on captured carbon and green hydrogen. So that's yet another example of what can be done now, not later. The precious metal that Anna Borg pulled out there to applause was an ingot of steel produced without fossil fuels. There were many more speakers at the first Movers Coalition event, and you can see the whole thing on our website. I'll put the URL to that in the podcast notes. Just time for a 60-second vision on climate change. In every COP26 episode, we're inviting a company to tell us in a one-minute soundbite where they stand on the issue or where they see a solution to climate change. This is Eugene McKenna of British-based speciality chemicals company Johnson Matthey. Hi, this is Eugene McKenna, Managing Director of Johnson Matthey's Green Hydrogen business. Green hydrogen is a highly attractive way to dispatch power. It can reach the parts electricity cannot easily displace, for example, in transport and in high-intensity industrial processes. The technology can and needs to improve, and its cost can tumble. We need the right policy framework to nudge us on this path to clean, readily available hydrogen at a low cost. If I were to pick one change my industry needs, it would be a universal carbon tax right now. It need not be high, but would send the right pricing signals to tilt the world away from carbon emissions to cleaner solutions, through the supply chain to consumer choices, and it would help direct investment. It would give a politics-free result, but would need political courage to implement because it would mean change and decisions right now. Eugene McKenna of Johnson Maffey. Please subscribe to Radio Davos wherever you get your podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and join the conversation on the World Economic Forum Podcast Club. Look for that on Facebook. This episode of Radio Davos was presented by me, Robin Pomeroy, with thanks to Alex Court. Studio production was by Gareth Nolan. We'll be back soon with more from COP26, but for now, thanks to you for listening, and goodbye.